0: Hello and welcome to the OddsChecker Royal Ascot preview. This is the preview for day three for Thursday. We've already done Tuesday. We're through Wednesday. We're in the middle of the week now. And I am joined by Daryl Carter and Ed Quigley as we look to bang in the winners on day three of Royal Ascot. Daryl is our newest tipster at OddsChecker. Every day putting up his nap exclusive to the OddsChecker app. And Ed... Is a racing broadcaster and journalist, formerly the Racing Post, but now doing plenty of other things. And you can find him on Twitter at LongshotTed. A few long shots, hopefully, up your sleeve on Thursday, Ed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, indeed. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, before we get underway with previewing the racing, just to point you the direction of the Oddschecker app. Make sure you download it now ahead of Royal Ascot for all the best prices, all the best tips, best bookie offers, free bets. The only place you can find Daryl's Daily Nap. You've got weekly uh, tips from Andy Holding as well. The first place you can find them before the prices get absolutely smashed up when they go live. So that is the place to go. That is the app to download before we go through these seven races at Ascot on Thursday. We'll start with the one fifteen. It's the Golden Gates Handicap. Acquitted is the 8-1 to favourite. Global Storm, 11-1. Hypothetical, 12-1. to uh, Tritonic, 14s. Yahayati 14s, Grand Rock 16s, alongside Highland Chief. Loads of horses, 16s and 20s. Uh, 39. That is not right, 39. I looked to the bottom. Odds check hasn't updated yet in terms of field size. Excuse them for that. Um, but, Daryl, coming to you first, any view whatsoever on the opening handicap of Thursday?
1: Well, it's a tricky race, this one. There is so many open to improvement in here. Um, so many look on marks where they could possibly win off. Um, it's very very tight global storm is likely going to be popular at the top of the market after that win last time at Newmarket. um he pulled well clear of the field, field with another one there so he looks well handicapped under a five pound penalty um he's likely to rate higher for charlie appleby he'd be the one i'm swinging towards at the moment um, a lot of these have different little bits of form lines that tie in with each other as well um so it is risky it's probably one for Fred actually probably a longer price horse because you can't write any of these off. There's a forty to one shot in here called Dogged, who actually finished um, finished in front of Global Storm previously, and he's forty to one. He's eleven to one. So there's a lot of intertwining form lines. Um, I would side with the Godolphin Global Storm at this stage, but it wouldn't be an overly
0: confident bet at the moment. Ed, you've been. T- Daryl said this is a race for you. Do you Ooh. agree?
2: Um, well, no, not really. So. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, no, that's very kind of Daryl. No, uh, it's a tricky one, but I did, I was intrigued by Grand Rock William Haggis. I did think a really interesting type again, harping uh, on again, boring everybody. sleeve, my trip angle. But this is never horse bred to get further, it's shaped as though it wants further. Ran in a Pontefract listing race from last seen on on pretty deep ground. I thought it looked a bit outpaced over a mile on that occasion. Up in trip here has got a suit. I'm convinced by that, uh, in, in my opinion. And unexposed off 99, Kieran Fallon Jr. on board. You're not going to get uh, really fancy prices about this one, but it, look, there's a few unexposed sorts in here. Obviously, like Charlie Appleby's runner, as Daryl touched upon, like Global Storms, are clearly thriving at the moment Arrives under a penalty. But I, I did like the, yeah, the Fallon and Haggis combination here with Grand Rock. I just think that 10 furlongs is really going to suit this individual. And uh, a bit of rain, won't be a problem. This horse has one on heavy. I I, I think William Haggis has said, or worse, that the fact that he doesn't need soft. But uh, I think it more hinders some of the others, shall we say. So uh, cutting the ground, Grand Rock uh, up in distance, off the mark for 99, unexposed. Uh, should be a lot more to come.
0: Grand Rock 16 to 1 at the time of recording, which is about midday on Monday. Um, so these markets just reforming after Dex uh, 16 to 1 with you and you bet that is ground rock uh any, anything else to add or should we move on to the wolferton just
1: uh kieran fallon is outstanding value for his three pound claim isn't he yeah yeah. yeah yeah essentially yeah
2: it's it's almost a cliche that phrase but it, he is isn't he i mean he's yeah. not a three he's not a three pound claimer for for want of ability or uh you know i mean he's champion jockey one day isn't he if he wants to be you kind of get that feeling he, he, he's all class and um yeah, my eyes do light up when I still see him with, in a handicap with the uh, the three next to his name.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so on then to the Wolferton, and we were off air but online together uh, when Daryl saw the field for the Wolferton, and he punched the air and cheered as he saw fox towel at the top of the market at three to one. So I think we have an idea of what we're going to hear in a second. Uh, so Dragonette, four to one. Regal uh, Reality, nine to two. Fourteen to one bar. So three right at the top of the market, and then 14-1 or bigger, the rest of them. Daryl, make your case for Foxtel.
1: I think he's fantastic value at 3-1. to one. Very lightly raced. Um, extremely progressive last season. He's already had regal reality in behind over this course and distance, albeit on soft ground, which probably would have hind- hindered him as well as many others that day. But he ran a blinding race there. Um, four-year-old's got a fantastic record in here. Um, there's just there's plenty to like about him. Course and distance, like I say, there's a drop in class now. Um, he's progressive. I wouldn't worry about him coming in fresh. Andrew Bold in the yard has been in flying form, um, and I think this field is much weaker than than he's used used to contesting, or he will be contesting for sure in the future. So Dragon A for me, I thought he was an absolute monster at Chester, uh, and then it's disappointing subsequently since. Um, he probably be a danger if, he can, if they can pull out a bit more improvement in him. But the looks of Regal Reality, Dreamcastle, Mountain Angel for me, they're not quite up to Group One level. Whereas Foxtail is definitely a Group One horse going forward. Um, really, really likable type. I think I think three to one is cracking value for this. It's my bet of the day, this.
0: Bet of the day, three to one Foxtail. Not a man who usually likes the favourites. Ed, it's fair to say, can you counter anything that Daryl said or are you in agreement?
2: Uh, I don't have a strong view on the race, to be blunt. Uh, I totally get what Daryl saying with Foxtail. Uh, so Dragonet is the one who has become the ultimate excuse horse for their Bryans, is not he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been, been, been at four to nine. because He's been eight to 15 last time as well. Uh, it's like a huge blow and will, you know, become a lot fitter after it. When you saw that horse run at chest, you thought, wow, I mean, this horse went off favourite for a derby. Uh, you can't put one foot in front of the other at the moment, it appears, but you, you just you just something in you. That that chest, that visual impression from Chester still lingers, doesn't it? And know it's, it's, yeah. it's, it can be a fault of all punters that you linger on to something for too long. But yeah, if Sadragonek could kind of come back to that form, you'd think he's got to be in Bichette. but Just on a wider point, I did find it interesting that Dubai Warrior is officially the third highest rated horse in it, 114. Frankie Dettori, I would imagine, would have had the pick of who he could have ridden in this uh, at the John Gosden runners. perhaps. He's riding cross-batten, who is well below in terms of ability. I think he's only rated 106. Uh, maybe it's because, obviously, Dubai Warrior, who actually bolted up in the winter derby, has to carry a £5 penalty. Um, a little bit of a debate for a rainy day whether winning an all-weather race you know, be a group-level entitled shooter, carry a penalty in a Royal Ascot race or a listed race on turf, I don't know. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, I find that Strange that uh, around you know, Frankie De not on the eight to one shot to ride a twenty five to one shot. But I, I'll let Daryl take uh, all the glory of this one. Um, I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna sit there and just watch and hope Sir Dragonette doesn't win, basically, because if he comes out on the bride of rail, I'll lose my marbles. But I'll be doing the same. <laughs> he's just become he's just become sour, um, and it, sooner or later, you, you, know, uh, you, you know, I wonder where they go with him would be the bottom line. But I'll leave it with Daryl. Um, he's keen on Fox Tower. I couldn't add any more than that.
0: If uh, Sir Dragonet does win, you've got to be on, on the phone to the odds checker social lads to make sure that they, cl- <laughs> th- they don't clip up your, uh, yeah. your, your your spiel there and put it out well, on social media.
2: I suppose, yeah. All, all, uh, what's it say? All publicity or bad publicity is good publicity or something along <laughs> those lines, yeah. But um, all publicity is good publicity. But um, yeah, he's it's, it's just become uh, a horse who just fight, seems to find a way to, to get beaten. And I'll take into account, um, you know, they think he needed a run last time out. But the vibes weren't necessarily that beforehand. I mean, you set off 8 to 15. Wasn't he? It's not like he took a huge walk in the market and um, drifted to six to five or something. So he's just a, a bit of an enigma to dragging it. But um, nonetheless, you have to respect. He's
1: officially the highest rated horse in the field. Uh, we shouldn't yeah, overlook it's, that. So it's, it's, a it's tricky not. One. It's not a horse you want in a race when you're having a serious bet, is he? And I'm going to be having a serious bet on Foxtel, and it, yeah. it does niggle me a little bit. Um, but um, let, let's hope that Foxtel is as good as I think he is. He's still got more to come, I think.
0: Fingers crossed for you, Daryl and Foxtel. Three to one as we speak. And that's pretty much as bullish as I've heard you uh, in this podcast. So when I have, I have a feeling if I asked you what your nap of the week would be, would that be it?
1: Yes. Yeah, it would. Yeah, Foxtel.
0: There we go. Foxtel three to one for the Wolferton. Uh, the next next up, we have the Jersey. The Jersey stakes, the group three. Uh, and we've got uh, Molafem is six to one. Uh, alongside King Leonidas, uh, King Leonidas, uh, pretty much favourite across the board. But six to one joint favourites when you're looking for best price. Uh, that's with 888sport for the pair. Uh, Celestin, ten to 1, 12 to one. Lord of the Lodge, uh, Final Song, Mystery Power, fourteen to one. Monarch of Egypt, sixteen to one. Daryl, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with you here because um, you were so excited with Foxtail. There, anything to get you excited here? Uh, I
1: do like Reparty for Kevin Ryan, uh, Andrea Anzini. I thought step up to seven was definitely going to be in his favour here. Improved a little bit last time out of Doncaster, the extended six furlongs. he got some nice form over six furlongs. Just lacked that little bit of a kick at the, final, at the final furlong of the six furlongs. And I just think he travels so well into races. His form is rock solid, albeit over the six furlong. I just think there's more to come from him. He's green as grass. All last season, um, and although he's got a little bit to do on the figures here, I think he could bring out a little bit more improvement for the step up and trip. I think sixteen to one's a fair each way price, um, without it being a confident win selection. I think he could surprise a few at sixteen to one. I've I've had Kingly Adonis down in my um in my notebook for since he's run it in October at Newmarket. Uh, I thought this horse wanted to go further. And when they stepped him up to a mark at Newmarket, he really careered away nicely. Um It does take him a little minute to get going. So to step back to seven furlongs, I wouldn't necessarily see as a big positive. Um, but there's some really nice horses in here. I'd, I'd take a chance at a, a bit of a price on Reparty. Reparty.
0: Reparty at 16 I was going to give you that, that elusive £10 free bet, it would go on Reparty. Yeah, a it would, yeah. Bang on. Ed? What do you reckon here? Eh?
2: Again, I was just looking for a bit of a bit each way value. My uh, far the most intriguing entry, I thought, was Richard Hughes's uh, representative here, Mister Snowden, who's unbeaten. They decided to throw him in the group three. He's officially rated eighty nine. <laughs> I mean, he thought they'd really be going the handicap route. So clearly, you know, they think a lot of this horse. to say he hasn't lost. Then all I go back to is his Yarmouth run last time out, where he beat uh, one of the hot pots of the Gosden yard, uh, Enemy. I think we sent off twos on that day. And all we heard in the aftermath was, oh, how enemy's disappointed, how enemy didn't do this, blah, 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 blah. Actually, if I've watched the race back again a couple of times, I think Mr. Sloan has it fair and square. And if anything, had more in the tank in the closing stages. And so I think he's almost just, is a little bit snooty, that kind of formula. And people are overlooking the fact he, he won that with a little bit up his sleeve. And obviously, the Hughes team have thought this through. And look, they could easily go around handicap route for the next three or four races off 89. They're throwing him straight in here, into Group 3 company. I I think he's a bonkers price. He's around 28 to 1 or something, 25 to 1. Uh, In a race where I think it's fairly wide open, perhaps a little bit more than the market suggests, if he ran into third, I wouldn't be shocked.
0: 25 to 1, Mr. Snowden at Bet365. We had Mike Spence on the podcast a couple of weekends ago, pro punter Mike Spence, uh, for the Guineas Festival. He was saying that Richard, Richard Hughes might be a trainer just to keep an eye on um, over the next year or so. I uh, got some good horses up his sleeve. Mr. Snowden certainly being one of them. Um, a short as twelve to one with Betfair Sportsbook, so they clearly agree with you, Ed, that maybe uh, you know this horse is a little bit better than the handicap mark shows. So Mr. Snowden there at twenty fives, and Repartee at sixteens, A couple of big price bullets for you in the Jersey Stakes. Any any comments on Molotham? We heard about King Leonidas there from Daryl, but the other, co-favourite, Malatham, anything to add?
1: Not from me, not from my perspective, no, no. I think, I, I think he wants further than the seven, if I'm being honest. Uh, his couple of victories last year, he, he sort of ground them out mm. in a battle for the front and he was just really outstaying um, horses, albeit over the seven, I just think he wants a little bit further. He's a lovely horse though, um, and the form is rock solid, so he should be, a, he's rightly joint favourite should we yeah. say. But for me, I think his improvement was going to come when he steps up in trip, personally.
0: Very good. On to the Chesham now, the three o'clock on Thursday at Royal Ascot and modern news for Godolphin is the seven to two favourite with 888 Sport, although I should point out that uh, he's as short as nine to four elsewhere with Paddy Power. Nine to four elsewhere, so that seven to two might not hang about. Bright Devil five to one, Battleground five to one, Golden Flame eight to one, uh, Concessions nine to one. 12 to 1 first profit, 16 to 1 Clarendon Cross, 33s and 40s for March Law in Seattle Rock. Uh, Ed, where are you? I mean, we've got how many runners here? Um nine, I think. Are you yeah, looking nine. at look at the top end or the or, or the other?
2: No, I like Bright Devil. I like here for um, Andrew Boarding, UC Murphy. i thought this all caused a bit of an upset last time out in the new market maiden 25 to 1. Again, uh, it seems to be a bit of a rhetoric that we're kind of all oh, this didn't do that in behind and excuses for the others made it very uncomplicated. Went off in front, and uh, I just thought looked better the further he went. Really, uh, I think it has to be said that was over six. Uh, it's a dark angel from a, a dam with plenty of middle distance pedigree, plenty of stamina on the dam side. If you go through it, so I say the horse looked better the further it went. In my mind, uh, pedigree suggests that I step up to seven. I think, I think in truth, we'll be over a mile before, before long, this horse. But Seven Furlongs here looks a, a good ploy. And I just think looks an un, uncomplicated type, to be honest with you. Unflashy, uh, nice long stride, gets the job done. The track should suit, um, which was quite encouraging, really, because if anything, I thought perhaps Newmarket would be type of wrong track for it. But um, looks, yeah, did it perfectly well. As I say, because it was 25 to 1, there was almost the uh, why didn't the others live up to their market expectations tended to be the, the, the bit of the, uh, the the kind of summarization of the contest. But no, I think, yeah, the yard are going well. Bright Devil will be my, my selection this one.
0: Bright Devil, 5 to 1 as it stands. Uh, Daryl, anything, any agreement with Bright Devil to start with? No, uh,
1: no, 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 no agreement. I just wondering if, Ed thought he might have benefited from being on the right side of the track that day. Um, yeah, the rail. A lot of the winners came from that that position, didn't they? Um, what? A lot of inexperience, You know, the likes of Magical Land was out in the middle first run, being inexperienced, closed. to. I thought well, that, well, that was my just... point. That
2: that was the the, the case of point. It was the it was all about everyone else and where they were, and what they didn't yeah. do, and, I, and to my mind, yeah if you re-ran the race with different track positions, perhaps stiffly, but I just thought he looked an un- uncomplicated horse who, again, the, the trip angle and coming through again. He started to stride out towards the end, and
1: I do think that the seven furlongs will, will suit
2: him here. That's that's my yeah. bottom line, really. it,
1: it, it was the final furlong that, that caught your eye as well when he, when he changed legs and went on again, on not it? So yeah. it, it was a nice performance. Um, he's made a fairly, fairly strong case for Bright Devil there. I, I, to be honest with you, I've got nothing really to, to counteract counteract with um That's i thought fine. first profit was was quite interesting but um but let's all go for bright devil and brain ed well, you, 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 you can't just drop that one <laughs> tell us tell, tell us
0: why you think first profit is quite interesting uh,
1: i just like again with, the, with these um with these like first race horses or once race horses i like i like to see what they do in the final furlong of a race and uh, First Profit just just really changed this, similar to Broke Devil, changed legs and cleared away. It looks horse it's going to want a lot further in, in, in the future. Um, that's in the pedigree, but uh, just looked to know its, know its job quite well first time out. Um, beat a horse of that called Al Watan, the so side being sure. Now, thought that they fought quite a bit of that horse. Um, wasn't really well supported on the day. Went off at 3-1 to favourite, but uh, there were vibes that they fought quite a bit of it, um, and, and First Profit did it comfortably enough for Charlie Fellows. Look, this is wide open, um, and anything can take another step forward. I mean, it's not going to be a betting race for me, but uh, like I say, anything can take a step forward, and, it, and it's seven to two. The field of nine runner race, so that tells you enough to, how open it is.
0: Absolutely, first profit currently 12 to one, but bright devil, the more the, I guess the, the stronger section of the two of you from Ed at five to one. Uh, on now to a race that I think. I mean, it doesn't look like much for betting heat to me. Uh, it hasn't been for the last couple of years, but the, the Ascot Gold Cup. Uh, we have Stradivarius at four to seven, heading up the market. Uh, technician seven to one, cross counter seven to one, fourteen to one. Bar. Um, we'll talk about Stradivarius in a second. But do either of you have a? You know, it's it's a difficult one. Four to seven, and then seven to one. The field. Do any of you have a have a betting angle to this? Yes, potentially
2: because wow, at, at time of recording, there are still eight runners due to go to post. So. Mm. You do have the luxury if you think something at a big price can run into the frame. It's not one of those uh, six runner snorfests where you, you know, in, in, that, in that sense. So, it, it look, I mentioned what you said with Stradivarius. Uh, George is, look, he's the class horse. Official ratings say that. We're not going to sit here and talk about Stradivarius for five minutes. We all know that. It's just, <laughs> uh, all I will say is all great horses at some point do decline. Now, he has been beaten twice. There's Plenty of perfectly valid excuses on his last two starts and why he's been beaten, including last time out especially, where, yeah. uh, I mean...
0: Is there any my, value in in, in in looking into that last defeat? Cause, I mean, given it was purely a prep run, can you not yeah, just... I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, it was the wrong trip and to my untrained hmm. eye, um looked like he'd uh, he'd substantially come on for the run. It's just it, it's just one of those, unfortunately, you won't really know he's past his best until he is. And then, um, so... <laughs> So, it's uh, <laughs> however, you see what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is I think the, the, my gut feeling is there's going to come a time this season where Stradivarius bubble properly blows and he goes. Uh, I think, it, you know, there's only so long these top horses can go on for. The gift of him is here, he's almost been given a little bit of an open goal in this contest. Obviously, Kew Gardens came out last week. Oh, I actually fancy to really serve it up to him. Uh, he's now longer, no longer there and he's basically taken on cross-counter who, Again, is a uh, horse who's going on the, the the list on my bedroom wall of the, the short of the uh, excuse excuse horse central, isn't it? I mean, he, 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 what, it, why the bedroom? Well, well, the living room wherever I can put it. I walk <laughs> around with it, I me mean, But it, again, like it, this this on paper uh, compared to previous years, I, I think Stradivarius. You know, if he's anywhere near his best, there's an argument he could slightly underperform here and still have too much for these. So I've just it's in my nature to be reticent with horses at four to seven, uh, you know, to start really getting involved with them or anything. It's just, just not my nature. And whilst I'm on it, I mean, I'll, the horse so I think will, if Stradivarius is right, I think he wins. And, but the horse I think you will follow him home is unexposed over this trip. It's naef Road, Mark Johnson. I was really impressed how he stepped up to two miles at Newcastle last time out. He to absolutely love uh, going up in distance that day. He looks like your typical Mark Johnson form he's just going to gallop forever. I see they've booked Ryan Moore for the ride. Uh, and I think he could follow Stradivarius home. Um, technician, I know, is coming in for a bit of support, but I think he perhaps would be one who would be suited by substantial, giving the ground. I mean, he's got lots of form at longchamp when the mud is flying. But it again, it's all around Stradivarius. I'm just getting nervous now that um, I want to see him win. and I want to see him do it brilliantly is the bottom line. I'd like to mm-hmm. see him go out there and absolutely pulverise the opposition. It'd be great to see. I've just had to get nervous that if he, doesn't win this or finds a way to lose this, then perhaps we're we're seeing the end of an era. But I think Stradivarius will win. I think Nairf Road can follow him.
0: Nairth Road 14 to 1 with Coral, best price at the moment. But worth keeping an eye out because there will be a, without Stradivarius market, opening in the next couple of days that you can find on OddsChecker and the OddsChecker app. So probably worth seeing what price Neath Road will be for that with Ryan Moore jocked up as well. Uh, Daryl, anything Uh, to add? What are your thoughts uh, here?
1: Not really. I think it's summed it up pretty perfectly there, to be honest with you. Um the I look at this race and think, well, what a waste of my time trying to find something to take Stradivarius on when so much is in his favour. This is one of the weakest races that he's had to contest. He's had to prep run, you know. Look, there's loads in his favour. Technician, like you say, we want we want softer ground. Um Neathro is the unexposed horse in the field and probably the only right one to be back in, really, because Count has already been behind Stradivarius previously. It's not a betting race for me, but uh, I suppose if he was going to have an each-way bet, it probably would be Neaf Road.
0: So Neaf Road, the one, if you really want to take Stradivarius on, if you really don't want to be just cheering him home to, to do it uh, yet again at 4-7, to seven, then Neaf Road at 14-1, to one, according to Daryl and Ed, is the one to side with. Two more races to go on the Thursday of Royal Ascot. We've got the Britannia now, uh, Starcap. Uh, is eight to one tipped up by Mike Spence for the Guineas uh, a couple of weekends ago, and as I said, Elise gave us a run for our money at six six to one by it going clear. Well, taking the running on, let's say, before fading out. But eight to one here in a in a very very different heat indeed. Uh, Finest Sound eight to one, Enemy eight to one, Verboten ten to one, uh, Kalusi ten to one, Johan ten to one. 12 to one, 16 to one, 14 to one, twenty to one. A host of horses, beneath. Daryl anything at this early stage for the Britannia?
1: Well, I've I've had my eye on enemy for for quite a while and I thought, I could not believe that they ran him over seven furlongs again at at Yarmouth last time when he was beaten. I'm glad they, I'm glad they got beat there. They deserve that because that horse (laughs) definitely, definitely wants to step up in trip. Now I was hoping he was going to run in the, uh, in the Golden Gates handicap at the first race of the card over a mile two, because I think he's so well handicapped on the mark of 89. Just visually on what he's shown, he's quite powerful as he comes away. Um, and I've really, he really caught the eye. But this is over a mile again. I still don't think that this is far enough for him. He's got a derby entry later on in the year, uh, and they're running him over seven furlongs in a mile. Now, maybe they're waiting to, for that improvement to come out when they step him up later on. But, I mean, he's so well handicapped, it's frustrating. That he sits here off a mark of 89, personally. Um, look, finest sound for me, very interesting on return for Simon Chrisford, Simon Ed Chrisford. Um, had bits and pieces last year for him that made him look pretty well handicapped, pulling me up being behind um, Palace Pier at Sandown. Um, I think he's still well handicapped under a five-pound penalty. He cleared away at Haydock, He's really impressive that day. He's going to run off an eight, spark eight, seven. But there are so many well-handicapped horses in here. Dubai, Mirage, Colussi, Van Burton. There are so many horses in here that any one of these could win it. And that is not just me trying to cop out. It, the honest truth, there's so many talented horses in here. Um, but I think the way the final sound is so simple that he might just ping out in front and just, and just gallop them all the way into the ground. That would be the way I'd go with it. But it would be a confident bet because there are so many potential group horses in this field. Some really good Britannia this year.
0: Britannia does look very strong indeed. And finer Sand is the tentative selection, I'll say, for Daryl there. Ed, what are your thoughts? Might be
2: bluntly, yeah. I'm sitting out of Britannia and the Sandringham, to be honest with you. But however, going back to what, <laughs> what Daryl said in regards to enemy, obviously I've tipped Mr Snowden to win the, the jersey, mm. who beat it at Yarmouth. And I said, we hear all the excuses about enemy and probably a lot of them are valid. But So it'd be one of those that if uh, Richard Hughes' horse runs a cracker in the jersey and expects... Enemy. I mean, he's already around eight to one third favourite. There's a chance that horse will go off favourite if that horse obviously breaks the form. But it look. Oh, I it's a head scratcher. This really. I mean, this is this is. You think the per Oaks final is hard? This is a uh, new <laughs> yeah. new, new, ball, new ball game. This is this is a uh, no. Um, it just just be a watch and for me and
1: and the concluding race on the card. If they go really really hard in here, I think Enemy's got a fantastic chance. I do. Uh, he's drawn next to a couple of pacemakers as well, so. It's, it's going to be one of them. If, he, if, he, if enemy is going to win this, it's going to be coming very late to get on top.
0: Eight to one, the pair find a sound and enemy get enemy in your checker bet slip whilst you're watching Mr. Snowden scoot up earlier in the day and get on before the price starts to go. Uh, we come to the end then, we come to the last race of Thursday at Royal Ascot and it is the Sandringham. We've already heard from Ed that he's sitting this one out. I'm still going to ask him if he's got any views because, you know, he is the expert rather than me. But African Dream is the five to two favourite. Declared interest seven to one. Uh, Safika seven to one. Waliak twelve to one. And along uh, no, and Al Rasmah fourteen sixteen to one. Bar Ed, we'll come to you first, knowing you're not having a bet, but just in case yeah. you have anything to say.
2: Um, nothing of any value, so I'll stay <laughs> <laughs> no, again, it just, it just, if I, uh,
0: if I, if I live by that mantra, I'd never be talking it, so we need to uh, you know,
2: okay, well yeah I mean, Safika was the one I underlined, for more stout you know, I think we'll get better with time but a year off, might have needed a prep run I kept going around in circles with this, so no mm-hmm. I'm sticking to my guns, I I, I cannot find a bet in this, it's just
1: too tricky for me Tarot uh, I, I felt the same way about Safika I thought if there's going to be one in here that could potentially be the best of these going forward, I thought it would be Safika. But like you say, a year off, you know, you're attempting fate. I could not have African Dream at 5-2 to two for the life of me. Yeah. Just because of because of one run at Newbury where she's got within a nose of stylistic, right, she's given her seven pounds. But one piece of form, you know, at 5-2 in a race like this, well, that's not, not for me at all. Who bore for Mark Johnson? It's going to be the one I'm going to side with. I thought this horse was uh, brilliant. Impressive, really impressive in a couple of starts last term, but at Lingfield, more recently on return um, against the boys, she popped out and she got around the inside. She was just short of room a few times, um, but she ran with, with credit for a of 90. She's been raised a pound for that. I think that race is going to work out quite well. And the step up in trip uh, to a was is, is 100% what she wants. She's got a good turn of foot. She beat and separated at Newmarket last year, lines up again today. Um, and she's two pound better off with that horse. I just think she's a really progressive type for Mark Johnson. She's battle hardened. She's gutsy. Whereas a lot of these very inexperienced in this big big field. And I think this will really suit Hubor Around a twenty to one shot.
0: Hubor sixteen to one. Sixteen to one best price as it stands at the moment. I think that price was around this morning, but now the race has cut up a bit. The sixteen's a bet victor. Uh, and Unibet so that brings us to the end of Thursday before I let you both go and enjoy the sunshine and uh, maybe do a rain dance given some of your tips um, for the week uh, just need your, your nap of the day nap of Thursday Daryl coming to you first
1: uh, nap of Thursday is Fox Tail in the Wuffington
0: of course nap of the week isn't it nap of the week yeah. nap of the Winds. week
1: and wins there we go that's what i after
0: uh, and Ed
2: Uh, I'll be going with Bright Devil in the Chesham. I really like that one. But on a different point, when Sir Dragoner and Japan both up, me and Dale will have to meet up. (laughs) uh, A socially socially distanced cry into our pint glasses.
1: We won't be able to afford a point.
0: (laughs) Fingers crossed you can afford plenty come the end of Thursday's racing. Thank you both so much, uh, Dale Carter and Ed Quigley. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today to share your wisdom. Because if it was just me here, uh, yeah, there wouldn't be much um, much wisdom coming out of my mouth when it comes to, to the tipping up. So thank you both. And to the listeners, please enjoy the racing. Make sure you download the Odds Checker app. You can listen to Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturdays, we're doing later on, uh, videos and podcasts on the YouTube channel or on the any podcast app, the Odds Checker podcast. Thank you both to Daryl and Ed for joining us today. Download the app now for Daryl's daily naps every day, exclusively on the app alongside free bets best prices and plenty other things that make it the most important tool to have for the shrewdest of punters please gamble responsibly and enjoy the racing